clearly these things, whatever they are, have a keen interest in our UFO, in our nuclear capacity, rather. These, clearly these things, whatever they are, have a keen interest in our nuclear weapons systems. It, it amazes me how something this big, whether it's 1988 or whether it's in 2010, where you have these UFOs sighted by multiple people, uh, in and around these nuclear weapons facilities, and it gets very little national attention. But as I said, you can shoot a spy balloon down over North Carolina, and it's in the news for two weeks. It, I think we do need answers to, to what to what's going on here, what these things are, and what they're here for, and do they come in peace? Until next time, this is UFO warning over and out. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about UFOs over Warren Air Force Base. That's correct, UFOs over Warren Air Force Base. Now, we're going to look at a couple cases, one that happened in 2010, and then one that happened clear back in 1988. This first article comes to us from LarryMeLive.com. The title says, Do you believe Wyoming was visited by aliens during the Cold War? It's written by Drew Kirby, published March 15, 2023. He begins by saying, there's a good chance you've seen something you couldn't explain, and your only solution is that it was a UFO. Reports of UFOs have on all the time. It wasn't long ago that we were experiencing the Chinese balloon floating over the U.S., and you could actually see a map of the locations that have made reports. Last July, there was a new office in the Department of Defense formed by the U.S. government called the All-Domain Anomaly Research Office. That's A-A-R-O. According to the DoD, this office's mission is to, this is quote, synchronize efforts across the Department of Defense and with other U.S. federal departments and agencies to detect, identify, and attribute objects of interest in or near military installations, operating areas, training areas, special use airspace, and other areas of interest, and as necessary to mitigate any associated threats to safety of operations and national security. This includes anomalous, unidentified space airborne, submerged, and transmedium objects. I think it's interesting that they included the term transmedium objects because this is something we've talked a lot about in this podcast. You know, these objects that just seem to change shape, seem to come in and out of our dimension. And I think that's going to be the key of this whole thing. He goes on and says, since the AARO was formed, there have been 366 reports of unidentified aerial phenomena, which is basically a UFO. Of those reports, 195 were linked to known sources, balloons, drones, and blowing trash. Now, that's what they say. It's pretty easy to, to call a UFO a piece of trash, like a tarp blowing in the wind at 30,000 feet. I find that a stretch of the imagination. So out of those 195, I, don't, I, I would bet you a nickel to a donut that half of those do not hold up to any kind of uh, 
analysis if you're going to really try to pin the label of balloon, drone, or blowing trash on them. I would imagine there's more UFOs than they're even, than, than they're even beginning to tell us about. But it says there were still 171 still unknown. That's the ones that probably they have pictures of that we haven't seen yet. Are those 171 real UFOs? Could be, could not be. We'll have to wait and see. Wyoming has had quite a few UAP UFO sightings, including one that has just been the force focus of an investiga- of an Instagram post by it says you, us blank them. This is a, an anonymous post. It says the post tells the story of a US Air Force security specialist that served at FF Warren Air Force Base in the early 1980s, or excuse me, the late 1980s to the early 1990s, the specialist whom asked to remain anonymous is being interviewed and tells the story of his UFO encounter at that base. I'm glad the guy came forward. I just wish that they would not be anonymous. He says, toward the end of the Cold War in 1988, he was on security patrol in the missile fields. His patrol was during the 12-hour night shift with another specialist in June of 1988, when a call came in that a few missiles had gone offline, which is very rare, which is a very rare thing to happen. They responded, cleared the building, and continued on their shift. Now, it says that a few missiles, a few missiles had gone offline. So in other words, they just weren't working. Something had shut them down. This is this is something we have heard about before, these nuclear weapons installations back in the 80s and 90s, where UFOs came over and all of a sudden uh, the nuclear strike capacity just evaporated. It says a short time later, he said that all the lights went out and the UFO appeared and hovered over their truck for two to three minutes. Okay, so first the missiles go down. Can't You can't launch the missiles. Secondly, the lights on the base, boom, power out. And they look up, and there's this UFO suspended over the truck for two to three minutes. He continued to describe the object as being about 100 feet above them, 15 to 16 feet in diameter, making no sound, and flashing multicolored lights. Now, that must have been an experience to be here at this missile base. I don't know if it was nuclear or not, but he just described it as a missile base. He gets a call as a young soldier. Hey, the missiles are down. You need to check this out. Then the lights go out on the base, and they look up, and here's this UFO suspended over the truck that they're in. This thing's about 15 to 16 feet across with lights flashing all the way around it. Definitely not a homegrown uh, chopper or anything like that. It says, as a scary encounter continued, the two spacelifts started to feel a tingling sensation over their bodies. When the craft left, he says, it zipped away and disappeared. According to the former spacelist, they never spoke of the encounter again. That I can believe. It's 1990, 19, late 1980s, still very much a taboo subject. It's the kind of thing you probably wouldn't really want to report unless you had to. He says, months later, other sightings started to, report it, started to be reported to authorities, but never an official report from F.E. Warren, That's the missile base out there. Wow. Now, at this site, LiveLaramie.com, they had a pretty cool uh, little video, about five and a half minutes from 1988. I went ahead and I posted the link over there at the Buy Me a Coffee website, and I sent out a, a tweet. So if you follow me on Twitter, or if you happen to go to the Buy Me a Coffee site, you can watch this. It's about a five and a half minute video. Uh, really, really interesting. It's talking about a mass UFO sighting they had there. And 
about the same time this happened. And what was interesting is at the very beginning, you know, the the newscaster in a very serious manner, you know, he's this local news guy. Well, they think it's probably just starlights, stars. Of course, this is the pre-drone error, so they really couldn't use that as an excuse. It's Wyoming. Not sure how much swamp gas is out there, so they just blame it on the stars. And then the newscast lady, she goes around and interviews four or five people. And they're all like, oh, no, they were stars, man. This was an actual ship. This is one guy described as this oblong ship. It had uh, lights, you know, flashing around inside of it. And it hung out for like a couple hours. So it's 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 fun to go back and look at some of these old clips before maybe they became quite so skilled in narrative control. And you have the you have the pre-bunking at the beginning of the this five and a half minute news excerpt. And then you have the eyewitness accounts that just completely uh, destroy the notion that, that, that this somehow was uh, stars. People coming out in the local community, you know, individuals not afraid to show their faces saying, oh no, that this this wasn't stars, this was a UFO. I, don't, I mean, I don't know what it was. It's unidentified. And just to have these salt-of-the-earth honest people describe what they saw is an awesome little report, five and a half minutes. And then, of course, they had to they had to do a little bit of uh, goofiness with this. Well, they, inter- they interviewed this guy who I think was actually a pretty sharp guy, but he's got a bunch of radio receivers set up and he's trying to make contact with them. And I think they kind of just do that to, um, I don't know, make the whole subject of UFOs seem less serious. But this is serious because they're near a missile base and the missiles were shut down and the power or the lights at least went out at the base temporarily and people saw the ship, okay, and they felt the presence of it and then it left. So it's it's not about, uh, it's not about joking about uh, some... Some, you know, odd guy in his basement trying to contact aliens. It's not about people mistaking UFOs for uh, starlight. It's about a real thing that happened. It had real consequences. So I was at least happy to see the interviews with the, the man on the street interviews. The lady that did that did a good job. And it's clear back to 1988, so a little bit of nostalgia there. Now, I want to take a look at this next uh, article concerning these UFO sightings in Wyoming. Now, here's an article that talks about a similar situation that happened in 2010. And this article is from the armscontrolcenter.org. Armscontrolcenter.org. The title is October 26, 2010 is the date on this. So this would have been, what, 22 years after this first um, alien encounter we talked about at that Air Force base. It says, aliens disrupt ICBMs at F.E. Warren. Question mark. Now, this is ICBM, of course, is Intercontinental Ballistic Missiles. Maybe those former Air Force officers were right about extraterrestrials tampering with our nukes, Vic Mark Ambinder says. Quote, President Obama was briefed this morning on a power failure at F.E. Warren Air Force Base in Wyoming that took 50 nuclear intercontinental ballistic missiles, one-ninth of the U.S. Mil- missile stockpile, temporarily offline on Saturday. Same thing, missiles going down. The base is a main locus of the United States Strategic Nuclear Forces. The 90th Missile Wing headquartered there controls 150 Minuteman III intercontinental ballistic nuclear missiles. They're on full-time alert and are housed in a variety of bunkers across the base. On Saturday morning, according to people briefed on what happened, a squadron of ICBMs suddenly dropped down into what's known as LF, down status, meaning that the missileers in their bunkers could no longer communicate with the missiles themselves. 
LF down status also means that various security protocols built into the missile's delivery system, like intrusion alarms and warhead separation alarms, were offline. So something just something shut these things down. So this is just another example of these warheads being shut down. What is going on at Warren Air Force Base? Okay, I want to look at another another uh, report here of UFOs in this area. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Now, I want to finish up here with this idea of UFOs over Wyoming and why it's such a hot spot. In particular, what these UFOs are doing over Warren Air Force Base. We've seen, of course, this situation in 1988 where uh, multiple missiles were shut down. And we have an anonymous source on the ground in the military telling us, oh, yes, we did had this uh, encounter with this UFO. And at the same time, you had uh, multiple people uh, in the city nearby there that also witnessed this UFO just hovering above them. One man, I think, said for two hours. So we have a connection between the UFOs and these missile bases being shut down. And then again in 2010... We saw this article talking about the, the missile bases uh, going offline where they were unable to fire the missiles for a period of time. This article from uh, MontanaPioneer.com makes the connection with the UFOs. Once again, talks about sightings of UFOs in 2010 correlated with the uh, missiles going down there at the Warren Air Force Base. And this title of this article says, What's Going On in the Skies Over Western Air Bases? It's written by Robert Hastings. I don't see an exact date on this, but it starts off, it says, on October 23, 2010, F.E. Warren Air Force Base in Cheyenne, Wyoming, temporarily lost the ability to communicate with 50 of its Minutemen 3 nuclear missiles. The five missile alert facilities responsible for launching those ICBMs in time of war, the 319th Missile Squadron, would have been unable to do so during the disruption. So these things were taken offline. Something shut them down. They couldn't fire. This dramatic story was leaked to Mark Ambinder, a contributing editor at The Atlantic, which published it three days later. The Air Force then quickly acknowledged the problem, saying that a backup system could have launched the missiles and that their breakdown had lasted a mere 59 minutes. However, the latter statement was untrue, according to two missile technicians stationed at F.E. Warren, who said that communication problem, while intermittent, lasted several hours. So, first off, the Air Force didn't even tell anybody about it. They had to be leaked. Secondly, when they did tell people, they tried to kind of lowball it. They said, oh, it only lasted an hour. But... Sources inside the Air Force base were saying, no, that's not correct. It, this thing this thing ha- went on for several hours. It says, significantly, these same individuals report multiple sightings by numerous Air Force teams of an enormous cigar-shaped craft maneuvering high above the missile field on the day of the disruption. And the following day, the huge UFO was described as appearing similar to a World War I German Zeppelin, but had no passenger gondola or advertising on its hull as would a commercial blimp. Now, I know a lot of the debunkers are going to say, well, obviously this thing was a spy balloon, a spy drone. 
look, if this thing was actually some kind of a spy blimp or spy balloon, we've got bigger problems than UFOs because that means that we, our own government, doesn't have the capacity to guard our nuclear bases. If that's the case, you know, then Russia or China, whoever, could just march in with a spy balloon and shut down our shut down our entire uh, nuclear missile system. Uh, that's to me is almost even scarier than the idea that we could have uh, an unidentified flying object just happen to pop in. The confidential Air Force sources further report that the commander of the squadron sternly warned its members not to talk to journalists or researchers about, quote, the things they may or may not have seen in the sky near the missiles in recent months and threatened severe penalties for violating security. Consequently, these persons must remain anonymous at this time. That could be why this recent uh, guy talking about the 1988 intrusion and missile shutdown has, has done so anonymously. It says, the disquieting information was provided to me last December via a retired missile maintenance technician with contracts at F.E. Warren. Two other retired U.S. Air Force forces have verified receiving reports from their contacts of further UFO activity within the base's 9,600 square mile field in the fall of 2010. That's a big field. These revelations are not surprising. Over the past seven months, I have received several independent reports from law enforcement personnel and civilians relating to UFO incidents in the region between September 2010 and April 2011. So we can see it's not just at the Air Force Base in particular, but we got U basically Wyoming is a UFO hotspot. If the mysterious cigar-shaped object repeatedly sighted on October 23rd and 24th was somehow involved with a 50-missile launch system disruption, it wouldn't be the first time that a UFO interfered with nuclear missiles, according to several U.S. Air Force veterans who have courageously gone public with their own still-classified close encounters at various ICBM bases. On September 27, 2010, less than a month before the incident at F.E. Warren, six of those individuals participated in a UFO nukes connection press conference in Washington, D.C. and described UFO activity at F.E. Warren's missile base sites and those located near Malmstrom Air Force Base, Montana, and Walker Air Force Base, New Mexico in the late 1960s and 70s. Another participant, a former deputy base con commander, discussed his own 1980 sighting of a disc-shaped object that hovered near a nuclear bomb storage depot and apparently directed beams of light down onto it. Wow. So, two things. Number one, we have this uh, nuclear weapon shutdown in October 2010, but a month before that, We've got a group of these guys having a press conference in Washington, D.C. saying, oh, yeah, this has been a historical thing. So whatever whatever uh, violated the airspace did was either unaware or didn't care that that very thing they were doing was a topic of national attention. It's hard to imagine that the Russians or the Chinese would have been so stupid as to send over uh, a blimp to uh, mess with our nuclear weapons systems, which would be an act of war, especially in light of the fact that these guys had just been talking about that exact same thing for four weeks before. So this this missile base should have been on high alert. You've got a bunch of your retired uh, workers going to Washington, D.C., having a, having a press conference on national television about how your airspace was violated and four weeks later, your airspace is violated again. 
My goodness. The press conference received tremendous media coverage, resulting in thousands of online and print articles and broadcast news stories worldwide. CNN streamed the event live, and a video of it can be viewed. Yeah, I've seen that video. It's fascinating. I just want to touch quickly on this uh, fellow talking about the, the bomb storage depot and this UFO coming over and shining beams of light on it. Yeah, that's pretty concerning. It's, we can only hope that they're there to try to get a read on what's in that building. Obviously, it must be of a concern to them. It goes on, it says, The high-profile gathering of credible sources co-sponsored by former U.S. Air Force Missile Launch Officer Robert Salas, a U.S. Air Force Academy graduate stationed at Malmstrom Air Force Base in the 1960s and early 70s, was a result of a decades of research. Over the past 38 years, I have interviewed more than 120 former or retired U.S. military personnel who report ongoing UFO incursions at nuclear weapon sites, including mission launch facilities, strategic bomber bases, weapon storage areas, and bomb test ranges in the Nevada and the Pacific during the Cold War era. Wow. He says, reports of UF activity at nuclear weapons facilities is old news for those who know the facts. Captain Edward Ruppelt, the first chief of the Air Force UFOs Investigations Group Project Blue Book, spoke about such cases during a June 1952 interview with Look Magazine. A fuller explanation of the ominous correlation between UFO sightings and nuke-related and nuke-related sites appeared in Rupel's 1956 book, *The Report on Unidentified Flying Objects*, published after he had resigned from the Air Force. Rupel wrote, "UFOs were seen more frequently around areas vital to the defense of the United States: the Los Alamos, Albuquerque area, Oak Ridge, and White Sands Proving Ground, rated high." My goodness! So obviously, these things have. Uh, a fascination, an interest, whatever, uh, into our nuclear weapons facilities. Now, I'm going to skip the article a little bit, and it comes down the article a ways, and it says, uh, the October 2010 event. Upon learning of the October 23, 2010 incident at F.E. Warren, the author says, I wondered if the official Air Force explanation of a computer glitch were actually true. Given my research, okay, I want to stop right there. Computer glitch? By that, do they mean an error in their programming, or do they mean something in the hardware quit working? Either way, that's a big deal. We're talking about nuclear weapons here. And if there's an error in the programming, then maybe they need to fix it. If there's an error in the equipment, then maybe they need to replace it. But this, this silliness that you could just say, well, there was a glitch in the computer. No, that doesn't work for me. It says, given my research relating to similar large-scale missile malfunctions at other U.S. Air Force bases, the thought that something more esoteric had been involved was unavoidable, but I did not want to jump to conclusions. However, although a definitive documented link with the communications disruption remains elusive, it can now be said that a UFO presence was indeed observed by several persons working in the F.E. Warren missile field on that date and the following day. Yeah. So what do you think? Do you think it's the the proverbial computer glitch or the giant cylinder-shaped UFO with lights flashing on it hovering over the Air Force Base? I'm going to go with the UFO. It says, civilian sightings. In addition to the military reports I have received, there is also persuasive testimony from a number of civilian witnesses relating to ongoing UFO activity within F.E. Warren's huge missile field that sprawls across the tri-state convergence of southeast Wyoming, southwest Nebraska, and northeast Colorado. Between late September 2010 
and early April 2011, there were credible reports of cigar, cylinder, spherical, and triangle-shaped objects maneuvering near and hovering low over various missile silos in Banner, Kimball, Cheyenne, and Morrillville counties in Nebraska. Other sightings occurred in Laramie County, Wyoming, north and east of Cheyenne. Isn't it amazing how these mass UFO sightings can happen near UFO near uh, nuclear weapons bases, and they get hardly any coverage? But if they take down a Chinese spy balloon, it's in the news cycle for two weeks. And I think this article here really says it concisely. It's from theworld.org. Title says, "Did UFOs bring us to the brink of, nu- of a nuclear launch?" Author says, "Global Post, July eighth, two thousand eleven, by Newsdesk." Begins by saying, is the U.S. Air Force withholding evidence of alien visitors? The Daily Mail has thrown it out there as a possible explanation for the coincidence of some frightening events involving American nukes in Wyoming last October. Of course, like I said, this is 2011 this is written. Warren Air Force Base reportedly lost control of 50 nuclear intercontinental missiles, one-ninth of America's nuclear arsenal owing to what the officials described as a communication failure between the control center and the weapons. According to the paper, defense officials insisted there was never a danger of accidental launch, although the incident was deemed serious enough for President Barack Obama to be briefed on it. The story might not have seen daylight had it not been leaked to Mark Ambinder, a contributing editor at The Atlantic, which published it three days later. What they didn't mention, however, was the reports of UFO sightings in the area at the same time, October 23, 2010. And now, according to the paper, three missile technicians stationed at the base have raised fresh questions in the case. The U.S. Air Force spokesman said there had been a hardware issue relating to an underground cable linking the command center with the missiles and that they went offline for almost an hour, although reportedly they were still able to monitor the security of the affected missiles. Now that sounds really sketchy to me. A hardware issue involving the underground cable? Hmm. Meanwhile, researcher and author Robert Hastings says the story goes far deeper. According to Hastings, who issued a press release, three missile maintenance technicians revealed to him that the military had kept UFO sightings that occurred during the power outage secret. He cites witnesses as reporting sights of a large cigar-shaped object high above the missile field. As he told AOL that his witnesses claimed the power outage lasted several hours longer than officials reported. I have detailed information about the events. The Air Force said this missile disruption lasted 59 minutes. It actually lasted the better part of 26 hours, he reportedly said. It was intermittent and involved a very specific amount of these five missile alert facilities going on and offline. I have all of that down to, to the most minute detail. Clearly these things, whatever they are, have a keen interest in our nuclear weapons systems. It amazes me how something this big, whether it's 1988 or whether it's in 2010, where you have these UFOs sighted by multiple people uh, in and around these nuclear weapons facilities, and it gets very little national attention. But as I said, you can shoot a spy balloon down over North Carolina and it's in the news for two weeks. I think we do need answers to what's going on here, what these things are and what they're here for, and do they come in peace. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out. 
This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. 